Today we're going to wrap up our three-week series on gratitude, living a life of thankfulness. I like the little bumper video that we've shown each week because there's a reminder right in the middle of that bumper video that gratitude is a choice. I'm not sure we remember that. I, I feel like at least this is personal confession time, but I, I feel like many of us kind of wait for something good enough to happen for us to be motivated to say thank you. Where what I'm trying to learn is that gratitude is a choice. Instead of waiting for something to happen to make me grateful, I can choose to be grateful regardless of my circumstances. That's one of the things that the Lord has really been speaking to me about, and I hope maybe he's been speaking with you along those same lines. It's Thanksgiving Day, and the aroma of roast turkey fills Charlie Brown's house. Snoopy, outside, lying on the top of his doghouse, smells that aroma, and he's thinking, it's Thanksgiving Day. Everybody eats turkey on Thanksgiving Day. So he lies there watching the back door, eagerly awaiting his Thanksgiving dinner. Finally, the door opens, and here comes Charlie Brown with a bowl of dog food. He puts it on the ground. Snoopy gets off his house and stares at the dog food with a forlorn look on his face. And he thinks... Just because I'm a dog, I have to eat dog food on Thanksgiving Day. The next square shows him looking at the dog food more intently, and he's thinking, It could be worse. I could be the turkey. You see, I think it's all about our perspective. It's about the, the way that we choose to look at life, the way that we choose to look at the Lord, the way we choose to look at self. I know something about you. You talk to yourself. I know you do. Now, maybe you don't talk to yourself out loud like I do, but you do talk to yourself. There's a voice in your head and in your heart that carries on a conversation all the time. It's that self-talk. Let me ask you, as you look back over the last year and a half, two years, has that self-talk been characterized more with grumbling or with gratitude? Hey, you're not going to grumble and complain all the time in public. You're not going to be saying things out to everybody all the time. At least I hope not. But what about that self-talk? David let us in on some of his self-talk in Psalm 103. I want to encourage you to look with me in Psalm 103 as we think together about being deeply grateful. And we, we're calling it deeply grateful because we, we're going to learn from David as we eavesdrop on his self-talk 
we're going to learn from him that gratitude comes from deep within. And so sometimes, even on Thanksgiving, sometimes we miss it a little bit because we keep things a little too shallow. So this morning, we're going to get a little deeper than normal because gratitude comes from a deep place. Let's look at Psalm 103 and hear David talk to himself. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. It is a song of thanksgiving. And the theme of the song is bless the Lord. He continues that theme in verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. It's a song of thanksgiving. David speaks to his soul to his self, and he says, bless the Lord, O my soul. He addresses himself directly and deeply. That innermost part of who I am, bless the Lord. That's not a phrase that we use very often today, bless the Lord. We'll say, God bless you. God bless, we ask for God's blessing on us. You know, we like to say, I'm not stressing because God is blessing, you know. We want the blessings. But have you ever thought that we might bless him? How do we bless the Lord? Well, we learn from eavesdropping on David's self-talk. We learn at least two ways to bless the Lord. I want to show you those two ways that we bless the Lord. First, we bless him when we glorify him. He says in verse 1, bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me, bless his holy name. When we, when we really just let loose and let our entire selves become involved in the process of magnifying him, of recognizing him. Here he says, bless the Lord, my soul, all that is within me, every part of who I am, bless his holy name. You get lost in the awe of him and the love for him. You lose yourself in praise. I read not long ago a story that was recorded by Roland Allen. And Roland tells of a veteran missionary who came up to him one day after he had delivered his sermon. The missionary introduced himself and said, I was a medical missionary for many years in India. He said, I served in a region where there was this progressive blindness He went on to explain that people were born with healthy vision, but there was something in that area that caused people to lose their sight as they grew older. This missionary had developed a process that would would stop that progressive blindness. He couldn't cure the blindness, but he could stop it from getting worse once it began. 
So people came to him and he performed the operation and they would leave realizing that, that they would have become blind, but now they're going to be able to see for the rest of their lives. And he said, they never told me thank you. He said, the reason they never told me thank you was because that phrase was not in their dialect. Instead, they spoke a word that meant, I will tell your name. Wherever they went, they would tell the name of the missionary who cured their blindness. They had received something so wonderful that they eagerly proclaimed it and talked about it. I will tell your name. One way that you show that deep gratitude is to celebrate him so much that it causes others to notice him and to learn of his greatness. You know, every year on the Sunday after April 17, we have our outdoor worship service. And you know the story behind that. The, right after the explosion, we couldn't meet here, so we met at the field, and you know the story. But because of the time of year, it's in mid-April, that's often right around Easter time. And so a lot of folks in our community think that that is our Easter celebration. It, it looks and feels and sounds like an Easter thing because it, sometimes it even falls on Easter Sunday. But really, what we do out in that field is not nearly as much about Easter as it is about Thanksgiving. Because what we do in the field is we want to tell the world what God has done. I will tell your name. That's what they told the missionary because they couldn't say thank you. How can we say thank you for all that God has done for us? The best we can do is tell his name. Let the world know who he is, what he's done. To glorify him and to magnify him. What does it mean to magnify something? Well, if it's too small to see, you get a glass that's built just right and it makes it bigger. To magnify the Lord is to help everyone's vision of him grow. It's to help them see him more clearly. And so one way we bless him is to glorify him. We also bless him when we remember all he has done. When we make sure that we don't take it for granted, but we remember all that he has done. Look at verse 2 of Psalm 103. Verse 2 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. We bless him when we remember all. All that he's done. You use that self-talk to remind yourself to take notice and give thanks. There's a take and a give. We want to get in the habit of taking notice and giving thanks. I, I think maybe there's a chance that you and I have grown up in a, in a time and in a culture that has made our Christianity so easy that we wind up taking God for granted. If you think about Christians who came in at, a, at different times in history, or even today if you look at Christians in other parts of the world, you realize that they have to struggle every single day 
to survive if they're going to follow Christ. And then we get upset if things don't just go real smooth and easy. God, why'd you do that to me? I think maybe we take him for granted sometimes because he's been so good. We've come to expect it. Instead, we want to take notice and give thanks. We want to remember all he has done. Years ago, I read about a preacher who started every prayer with thank you. And his, his motivation there was, if I start the prayer by saying thank you, I got to figure out a way to fill in the blank. Right? Because I've started a conversation, and if it's a public prayer, everybody hears me, and I said thank you, now I've got to find something to be thankful for. And apparently that preacher who had started that habit, um, he showed up for church one day and it was one of those Sundays. You know, sometimes preachers have Sundays that are like y'all's Mondays. Just nothing goes right. All the equipment is fouled up. Half the volunteers didn't show. The air conditioner's not working. You know, maybe he's running around on a humid day and sweats through his shirt. I don't know. You know. It's just, it's just one of those days. And he didn't think about it. He got up in the pulpit. He started his tradition. He said, Lord, thank you. And realized he had to come up with something. He said, Lord, thank you that most days are not like this one. <laughs> you know, you can do it. As a matter of fact, when I read that, when I came across that story many years ago, I adopted that practice. I don't know if you notice, but when I lead a prayer, Father God, we thank you. Now I got to figure out what to say. I want to encourage you to pick up that habit. You know what, what we're used to? God help me, God give me, God do. Oh, thanks God. But what if we started every conversation with him in gratitude? Lord, thank you, and now let me figure out some ways to fill in the blank. Two ways that we bless the Lord. We glorify him. We remember all he has done. And then, as we listen to David's self-talk, he shows us five reasons to bless the Lord. Two ways to bless the Lord and five reasons to do that. Let me show you more quickly now the five reasons to bless the Lord that we find in this Psalm 103. Beginning in verse 3, it says, Who forgives all your iniquity. And that is the first reason that we bless the Lord is because of his forgiveness. You ever think you might have sinned one sin too many? And after that sin, God finally said, I'm tired of it. That's enough. I'm done. Have you ever felt that maybe that could happen? Have you ever felt maybe it did already happen? I want to tell you the truth that we find in Scripture and the truth that many of us have found in personal experience is that God never gives up on us. 
He never gives up on us. He will forgive, verse 3, all your iniquity. Even that one really dark, really scary, really bad thing that nobody in this room knows about but you and God, even that he will forgive. There is reason for every one of us to be grateful. There's reason for us to bless the Lord because he forgives all your iniquities. Later on in this psalm at verse 10, it says, He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. In verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. He is a forgiving God, and therefore we bless him. We are grateful. My favorite verse, probably, of, of all the, the old hymns was one that was written by Horatio Spafford. And he, the reason it's my favorite is because he starts to make a statement, and then he interrupts himself. He gets so excited that he interrupts his own thought here. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but in whole, is nailed to the cross. I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, oh, my soul. We bless him because he forgives all. And not just, not just willy-nilly, I'll pretend you didn't do it. No, he sent his very own son to pay the price for that sin. He fulfilled holiness by paying a great price for the sins that you and I have sinned. And he forgives them all. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but in whole, is nailed to the cross. And therefore I bless him because he forgives all your iniquity. Look at verse 3 again. The second reason that we bless him who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases. He gives us that spiritual healing. Now, when I said he forgives or when he said he forgives all your diseases, some of you thought immediately nah, I got a disease he hadn't healed. Or I know somebody who had a disease that wasn't healed. Listen. David is not giving us a health and wealth gospel, and I'm not trying to pretend it's a health and wealth gospel. This is not a promise that every time you get sick, God is going to heal you. Remember who he's speaking to? Back in verse 1, you remember? Bless the Lord, O my soul. He is speaking to his soul, and he's saying, soul, God heals your diseases. He's speaking about a spiritual thing, something deeper. He is speaking to his own spirit. And he's saying, spirit, you're sick. That's why, that's why you had to have iniquities he, uh, forgiven in the first place. Soul, you're, you're not well. But I know that he will heal all those spiritual diseases. The reason we bless God 
is because he forgives and he heals us spiritually. The third reason that we have that we bless the Lord is a powerful one. And it's tied to the first two. We bless the Lord because of redemption. You see at verse 4, who redeems your life from the pit. David again speaking to a soul. God redeems soul. He redeems that spiritual life from the pit. In the Psalms when we hear about the pit, it's a word that means destruction. It's a word that means you're you're going to end in a bad way. And the promise here is David is reminding himself, God is the one. Bless the Lord because he's the one who forgives. He's the one who heals us spiritually. He's the one who redeems us from that pit, that, that destruction. Do you remember what it was like to be lost? Do you remember what it was like before you trusted Jesus? Without Christ, the Bible says we are not only separated, but it says we are at enmity with God. When we're not trusting Christ, we have a broken relationship with God. Because God is the source of hope, peace, love, and joy, we can't experience those things in fullness without him. When we don't know Christ, we cannot have the abundant life that he came to bring. We miss out on a relationship with God, and therefore we miss out on what real love, hope, peace, and joy are. And here, David says, bless the Lord, because he redeems you from that pit. He buys you out of that slavery to that pit. In Psalm 40, at verse 2, he said, he drew me, he gave us his testimony. He drew me up from the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. We bless the Lord for redemption. We bless the Lord because of love and compassion. Look as we continue in verse 4. It says, bless the Lord who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. As David participates in that self-talk, he's speaking to his soul. And he says, soul, remember, you've been crowned with the steadfast love and mercy of God. Isn't it amazing that the king chooses to crown his people. The king chooses to crown his people and he gives to us his love and compassion. What an incredible gift. Remembering that we are not worthy of it because our souls are sick, because we are people of of transgression. We, we, We have sinned against him. And yet, we bless him because he forgives, he heals, he redeems 
And he gives to us that love and that compassion that is overwhelming. We skim through this chapter again at verse 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. At verse 13, as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. Bless the Lord, O my soul, because he shows you love and compassion. And we bless the Lord for the good that he does for the soul. We bless the Lord, number five, for the good for the soul. You know, we say uh, when something makes us happy or something makes us stronger, we say, well, that's good for the soul. And that's not really the way I'm using the phrase this time. It's not just that it's good for the soul. What I'm saying is that God does something good. He brings good into our innermost being. It's, a, it, it's not just the shallow, boy, that soup was so good, it's good for the soul. It is that God is at work spiritually doing something within and when he does that, we have reason to rejoice and reason to bless his name. So David is still speaking to his soul. And he says in verse 5, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. He satisfies you, soul, innermost being. He satisfies you with good. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from above. And he gives us those greatest gifts within. In just a little while, we'll celebrate a feast. And the feast has always been a way to celebrate. Look at all the great stuff God has provided for us. But there's something deeper going on as well. He has not only provided good stuff for us. But he's provided good things that affect us within, affect our soul, our deepest being. And so we're grateful. Therefore, we sing with David, bless the Lord, O my soul. One Thanksgiving season, a family was seated around the table. They're looking at the holiday bird there on the table and from the oldest to the youngest, they were supposed to say what they were thankful for. When they came to the five-year-old in the family, he began by looking at the turkey and expressing his thanks to the turkey, saying, although he had not tasted it, he knew that it was going to be good. After that kind of a strange expression of thanksgiving, he began with a more predictable line. He thanked his mother for cooking the turkey and his father for buying the turkey. And they, then he went on beyond that. He, he even joined together a whole hidden multitude of people who had, who had made it all happen. He, I thank you for the checker at the grocery store who checked out the turkey. I thank you for the grocery store people who put it on the shelf. And I thank you for the farmer who made it fat. And I thank you for the man who, who made the feed. And I thank you for those who brought the turkey to the store. And, and he just tried to go through everything he could think of. And then he said, did I leave anybody out? And his sarcastic older brother said, God. <laughs> <laughs> so 
solemnly without being flustered at all, that five-year-old said, I was about to get to him. Are we about to get to him? Or is he immediately in our minds and in our hearts? Do we, like David, do we speak to self, to that soul, and say, bless the Lord, O my soul? We have reasons to bless him. Consider today and in the days to come his forgiveness, the way he is healing and has healed your innermost parts. We're grateful for real redemption, for love and compassion, and we're grateful for all the good that he does to the soul.